Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Chris Level, Red Raider Sports.com joins us now. And Chris, the Red Raiders uh, getting ready for the Independence Bowl in Shreveport on Saturday. And uh, obviously, you know, bowl games back-to-back years is is great. It's huge. But this was a year that, you know, was disappointing in the thought that they were going to contend for the Big 12 title. But given, like, the fact that Joe McGuire never lets anything get him down, um, what is the vibe around the program, around the Independence Bowl as they get ready for that game? Yeah, you know, I mean, th- this this has been a program that over the last, you know, decade-ish uh, had really struggled and just not been very good uh, for various parts. And so I think three bowl games in a row, I mean, Joey was obviously, he had t- taken over before the Liberty Bowl a, a couple of years ago, didn't coach that game, but uh, he had the job and Sonny Cummings coached that one. So I think that you know, that, look, they're, it wasn't the year that they wanted. You know, I think, you know, they, they weren't picked to win the Big 12. They weren't even ranked in the preseason top 25. And they were a lot of people's dark horse and all those things. But, you know, quarterback injuries and just inconsistency and turnovers and all those things, you know, it just uh, it, it didn't end up uh, being the, the year that they wanted. But, you know, what, what you know, you're right. What Joey's going to point to is like, hey, we had back-to-back winning conference records for the first time since 2008 and nine and he's responsible for both of those and uh you know they were they were fortunate to make it to a bowl game because they had to you're at one and three and three and five uh at, at one point in the year um and and you you know won enough to, to to extend your season so um you know but you don't want to be playing in football games and uh, before christmas that's not what anybody uh what their goals are for but yeah you want to make the most of it and you know, one of these teams on Saturday night is going to be six and seven, and the other one's going to be seven and six. And that uh, that's not, you know, you don't you don't want to end the year with a losing record, obviously. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll see what we get. I'm I'm fascinated by this game for a variety of reasons, though. It's two really really good running backs, and uh, and you know, obviously Taj Brooks has decided he's going to come back uh, next year, and then for Cal, Jade Knott. I mean, he's uh, he's got he's about a 1,300 yard rusher and. Tech, I think, is going to end up seeing probably the two top running backs in the Pac-12 conference uh, this year individually. They saw Bucky Irving uh, in, in Oregon earlier this year, and he's already declared for the draft, and then Jay Knott. Uh, and so, and then the other thing I'm fascinated by is the is the in-helmet communication that they're going to use in these bowl games. Uh, so the coordinators can talk to 
their quarterback or their their linebackers and safeties if you're on the defensive side and I think that's kind of fascinating uh something that we have never seen before so uh interested to see kind of how that goes Chris uh, was the Taj Brooks decision surprising did people expect him to go off to the NFL especially given the the life of a running back these days or was there a hunch that he could be back for another run yeah, well, yeah, pun intended, right? Yeah. For another run, or or, or maybe many. Right, <laughs> um, yeah. You know, a, a month ago, I, I would have, I would have just, I thought he's he's just gone. You know, he's he, it, it just you're, he's going to go to the uh, try try to take his chance in the NFL. Uh, what I'm gathering is that I, I think it changed about two or three weeks ago as the regular season wound down, and I think he's got some feedback from the NFL. Look, Taj, for all that he is, what he's not is he doesn't have elite speed. He just doesn't, and and I think if he did have it, he's out of there, you know. But I, I think I think what he wants to try to do is is try to be the all time leading rusher, and obviously with with nil being what it is, you, you have the ability to, to earn some money while you're you know while you're still in college, and and he didn't want to gamble, you know, he didn't want to chance it uh, because I think that the feedback was, you know, mid to late round or undrafted free agent, and that's that's uh. Well, surely he's going to get drafted. Well, you just don't know that. And so, you know, what, what he is good at, though, is that he's good at breaking tackles. He's good at getting north-south. He doesn't take negative plays. He's, he's elite at picking up the blitz. There's a place for him in the NFL, but I think he wanted to, you know, go with the guarantee of, okay, I'm going to be the starter here. Uh, I have the opportunity to, to better my situation. I can maybe, you know, try to get a little faster and work on that specifically uh, in the next year. Um you know, and all those things. And so I, I guess it, it – but it, it all equals a, a good situation for Texas Tech because he's not only a great player, he's just a guy that you want your younger players looking at going, this is how you're supposed to operate, you know, on a daily basis, uh, away from the field, in class, in the locker room, all that kind of stuff. And so I think it's a culture, uh, you know, win as much as it is uh, the, the player that he is. And he's – I mean, you know, he's going to have to, I think, what, 1,200 yards or so next year, and he'll be the all-time leading rusher here, which is quite a statement when you look at all the Doak Walker award winners they had here with Bam Morris and Byron Hansbard and Ricky Williams and all those guys that they had uh, when Spike Dax was coaching here. Chris, they have been uh, kind of dominating the portal cycle as far as as volume. And, I mean, all over the map, too. I mean, you're talking about Toledo, Memphis, Arizona State, Florida, (laughs) Fairmont State, uh, Guelph, which is in Canada. I don't even know if I even said it right. Uh, But they are – Joe McGuire and his his team are are loading up on guys, some of them bringing home like Jalen Conyers, really intriguing. Uh, What is – who is the most intriguing transfer or what is the most intriguing part of the focus of the portal been for you uh, this first, what, week and a half? Yeah, this this stuff is just I, I don't know whether it's fascinating or whether it's maddening or Same. whether it's both. I don't know. It it's wild to me. I mean, it is and those of us that are in it and you're trying to learn your team and then you learn it and then it just absolutely totally changes. Um and you're trying to learn all these new guys and they're 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 not here very long and it's just wild to me. Um but yeah, they, uh, they, they, they had some guys hop in the portal. And so Joey's always, since he's gotten here, he's like, I'm going to build this thing through the high school ranks. However, we're going to use this portal and we're going to, you know, we're going to use it, uh, you know, and so kind of one out, one in kind of deal from a portal standpoint. 
so you have a bunch of guys that, you know, weren't really playing and want to play more, you know, and so here it's like, okay, well, you know, let's, let's, uh, game on, let's, let's, let's try to fill this, uh, fill these roster spots up. And I think for me, the, the offensive line is obviously was the, is the primary focus. That's where Texas Tech has got to get better. Uh, you build it through the high school ranks. Well, you don't want to turn the offensive line over to a bunch of freshmen and redshirt freshmen. You're trying to, stop gap it and you're trying to bridge the gap however you want to phrase that and trying to grow those kids up but in the meanwhile you need you know you need immediate help and I think what uh, what I've learned and what I'm seeing and I think we've, we've seen what Matt Rule said about what quarterbacks are worth out there on the open market and you know you, there's a lot of rumors about what Dion's doing with offensive linemen and all that but I think linemen are, are hardest to get in the portal just because there's only so many good ones out there. There's only so many big people out there in the world that are good at, at specific skills uh, like, like blocking and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's been hard for them to, to fill that void a bit, but they did get a couple of uh, additions in the last two days that are both probably their starting guards next year, one from Toledo and one from Memphis. And uh, uh, Vinny Scurry and then uh, obviously Davion Carter. And so that was the focus in that. You know, they wanted, they wanted Jalen Conyers here when Matt Wells was the coach here. They, they tried to get him. They were the first to offer him. He's from right up the road in Groover, uh, Texas, and ended up going to Oklahoma. And then he ended up going to Arizona State. He's back home. But, yeah, he's a, he was a big-time addition. Uh, they're they're going to lose one of their tight ends in Baylor Cup, and, um, and, and he'll replace uh, Baylor Cup. But, uh, yeah, he was highly sought after and all that. But, yeah, it, it's been wild to try to follow this stuff, man. It really is because it's like – you don't know who's on your roster. I mean, there, there's there's a few kids that are in the portal for Texas Tech that are going to still play in the bowl game. Mm. That's kind of an interesting dynamic as well. But the the opt outs uh, that you're seeing, I mean, it's just uh, this sport in December is just insanity right now. I don't know what they do to fix it, but it's all over the place. Yeah, I think we all feel the same way. Like we don't know how to feel if it's good or it's bad, but we we also don't know how to fix it. And, and good luck to whoever has to make those types of decisions because <laughs> yeah, where right. do you start? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. With uh, uh, Micah Hudson uh, going ahead and and. I guess putting pen to paper, I know it'll be officially announced, you know, next week along with regular signing day. I don't know how much, you know, nervousness there actually was, but just how monumental of a signing is that for, for Joey and just this program to, to land a, a big fish at wide receiver and a top guy like Micah Hudson? Well, and, and it's, you know, they're, they're on offense. They've been way too slow uh, here. They, they, they lack uh, juice. They lack playmaking. Uh, you know, and, and so not only is it, it it's it's one, it's it's a, you know, the the perception of recruiting here changes when you get a guy like that. So that's one thing, and then two, like the the void that he fills, or or he adds something that you just don't have. That 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 is also because I mean you, you guys are aware. I mean, he's a freak. I mean yeah. he just he does things that you can't really coach and teach and, and all those things. He just kind of has it. Um, and you hope that it translates to the next level. Um, and, and there's no guarantee that it will. But um, I, I think that, you know, he, he'll he'll be a player that, that really has an opportunity from day one here. They'll move him all over the place, play him in the slot, play him on the outside, hand it to him on jet sweeps. I mean, he's just a guy that you want to get the ball in his hands and see what he can do. But there's just not many times when the Red Raiders have been able to go head-to-head against, like, the, whether it's Texas or A&M for an in-state kid and legitimately just beat him, you know, and – you know, he, he kind of he, – he, he talked to Texas and talked to A&M. And there were some visits and things like that. But in the end, he's really, you know, been solidified with, with Texas Tech for, I would say, 
you know, four to six months, um, you know, and there's, you know, and obviously everybody gets nervous when you're dealing with a top player like that. And then the next cycle is now going to begin. It's like, okay, now you get him here. Can you keep him here? Yeah. You know, that's, so it never stops, you know, can you keep him here? Can you keep him happy? Uh, but yeah, you, you love the addition from what he adds from a perception standpoint, being able to recruit here. And then obviously what he can do as a player for sure. All right. Don't get to ask a lot of off the field questions necessarily because we're all we're not always privy to that, especially schools that are farther away. But I couldn't help but notice Tony Bradford Jr. is one of the three finalists for the Jason Witten Collegiate Man of the Year Award, which has to do with some on the field, but also very much off the field. I, I've you know read previously where he's big in community service, but can you just kind of I guess paint a bigger picture of Tony Bradford Jr. and his contributions there in Lubbock and at Texas Tech and and why he's a guy that's up for an award like this? Yeah, you know, and I appreciate you asking about that. You know, Tony's a guy, you know, this is the way the student-athlete experience is supposed to work. I mean, he has he has squeezed everything out of Texas Tech he possibly could have with his time here and, and Lubbock and everything. And I think Texas Tech has done everything they can do to squeeze everything out of Tony Bradford. It, it, it's been a beautiful existence since he showed up here. But you're talking about a kid, you know, Joey calls him the mayor uh, just because everybody knows him. He, he loves to, to – get out and about and he's a good player he leads the team in sacks he's just been a solid player in his time here I don't know if he's necessarily an NFL caliber guy he may he may give that a crack but he could also be the next police chief or he could be the next you know whatever and that this is what he has his eyes on in the future and you know whenever Tony doesn't live in Lubbock anymore Lubbock won't be as good of a place without Tony Bradford in it that's the best thing I can say about him but I mean Thanksgiving he's given away he's using He's spending his own NIL money to give away turkeys to needy families. I mean, that's, that's, that pretty much sums up who Tony Bradford is. I mean, I'm doing an interview with him. He's telling me about it, and he's like, I saved up enough of my money to be able to do this. It's been a dream, and, and I'm just sitting there, and you're almost like – I'm almost like choking up. Like, dude, th- th- you're, you're what it's all about, man. I mean, and I wish there was more people like it, not only at Texas Tech but everywhere because the world would be a lot better with more Tony Bradford than for sure. Chris, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, are you in Shreveport? Are you going to Shreveport? Well, uh, it's this interesting dynamic. I'm actually going to be in Fort Worth uh, because Tech basketball and oh, Grant yeah. McCaslin are playing Vanderbilt at 6.30 in Fort Worth on Saturday night. And the football team's kicking off at 8.15 in Shreveport. And so I'm like, call my Learfield guy. I'm like, okay, where are you sending me? And uh, yeah, they're sending me to Hoops. So uh, I was going to let somebody down, and I'm, I feel like I need to be in both places, but that's not the way it works. All right, Chris Level, RedRaiderSports.com. Chris, thanks a lot. Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You guys have a good rest of the week. This has been a Rogue Media Network 